0: hey everybody i just need to make a little uh insert here before the episode starts to say that as i was re-listening to this episode i realized that twice i'm talking about my oldest daughter and i say my youngest daughter and you might think that that doesn't make a difference but when you hear it in the episode you'll be like youngest daughter doesn't even make sense for what she's saying so when you hear me say youngest daughter And it's not making sense. It's because I meant to say my oldest daughter, (laughs) the difference in how I read to my oldest compared to my younger kids. So anyway, I hope that clarifies it. As you listen, it'll make a little more sense. Thanks everybody.
1: Welcome to Find The Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your children, and your partner. We are going to give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. This is Felicia Allen. I'm a social media marketer, writer, and mom to three boys ages 5, 3, and 18
0: months. And I'm Tara Lynn Griffin, an English professor turned stay-at-home mom to four kids ages 10, 8, 5, and 3. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools and distill the information for you, our awesome listeners. Let's find the magic together. <music>
1: All right, everyone, I'm going to start us out with a face palm today, and that is that it is almost 10 p.m. right now, because this morning when we meant to record, there was a lost key that could not be found. <laughs> and so we went on a hike instead.
0: But <laughs> And it was lovely. It was, it was lovely.
1: <laughs> but now we're going to be up late recording for you guys. So if you notice our energy being different, it might be. We're not night it elves. Well, oh, you are.
0: <laughs> I'm Truly.
1: Just, I'm just tapping into my own rhythms uh-huh, right now. <laughs>
0: uh-huh.
1: So maybe this will be really good. Maybe we'll switch.
0: <laughs> oh, I love it. Awesome. Well, yes, that was fun. It was a fun adventure this morning. Uh, mine is a high five this week because it Halloween season has officially begun in our home. And it is so fun. <laughs> my kids are at a super, super fun age. And we've had two family Halloween parties this week with like, each set of grandparents. And tonight we did a Halloween dinner where, like, I made a dinner and I had, like, scary names. I gave them, like, a little menu. And it was so fun because my daughters helped. And anyway, it was, like, and my sons were, like, sitting the table and they were all so into it. And I kind of turn in, well, I turn into a witch, actually. Mm -hmm. And I, like, cackle a lot and I hit them with spatulas if they're, (laughs) (laughs) if they do things I don't like. Softly, obviously. Not, like, with pain. But, like. But, like, they, like, kind of get that little look in their face, like, ah, and they're they're laughing. It was so fun. We had a cackling contest. That is so cute. Like, I just love that you can just be totally weird at Halloween. Yeah. It's normal. I
1: I haven't quite the Halloween obsession. I really love it. It is so fun. I love that.
0: And we're matching for the first time in years because, as Felicia knows, Years ago, my kids started, I don't know, like, exerting their independence and choosing their own Halloween costumes. And she's like, how? What? Anyway. You must maintain
1: control. <laughs> don't even give the option.
0: It's <laughs> But this year, they chose, the kids chose and for it's us so all cute. to be superheroes. So it's so fun. Anyway, so I'm just, like, jamming with Halloween That this is year, awesome. And it's so I fun. I love that. Living my best. I, I can't say it. it's not my favorite season because – I'm obsessed even more with other seasons, but mm-hmm. I do love I and love fall Halloween. time with Halloween, the mixture. Mm-hmm. The best thing about Halloween
1: is that it's so no pressure at all. Like I feel like yeah. the ho- like Thanksgiving and Christmas have a little bit of pressure with the fun. Yes. A little bit of expectation. Halloween is just
0: pfft well, party responsibility. You yes. know what I mean? Like yeah. Thanksgiving. Are we really focusing on mm-hmm. the most important things? Mm-hmm. And Christmas I'm grateful. And <laughs> Teaching about God, which I'm so, they're, they are actually my favorite holidays. Yes. But yeah. I like that responsibility. There is mm-hmm. something about just like, this is just for fun. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like, we're just stuffing our face with candy. Yeah. Just for the pure. Yep. For the joy of it. Exactly. <laughs> and caramel apples, like, every day. Yep. day. I'm like, day. <laughs> I'm like cooking caramel all the time. I'm like obsessed because the yeah. apples are so good right now. Mm-hmm
1: the best we should share our caramel recipes we will we have mastered the caramel we
0: really have truly mastered it. it's and there's a secret ingredient that just puts it over the top every time i make it for anybody they're like what is is this even when i eat it myself which is saying something because usually when you make things you make it you're like this isn't as good Mm -hmm. as when other people make it Mm -hmm. but this literally we just made it last night (laughs) and i'm like as a medium like this is the best caramel (laughs) i have ever had it's (laughs) so good
1: we'll put the (laughs) recipe we will on a show notes Okay, so today we are um, going to give our thoughts on, in quotes, schooling. <laughs> we are just going to talk a little bit about education, education, learning from babies to through school-age kids, so just our favorite tips for educating your any-age child, <laughs> really. Um, so we wanted to start with babies and toddlers. Um, our we get a lot of questions about, you know, my baby's not doing X yet. Should I be concerned? Or what can I do to encourage language in my baby or whatever? And we don't, this is just coming from our collective research and experience with our babies. So if you hear something you like, take it and see if it works for you. But we're not saying we're professionals
0: yes and we've also n- neither of us yet have had a child who's been like diagnosed with a learning disability or right. anything like that so that's or not our area of expertise yeah. expect you know of expertise yeah <laughs> it's not our area of expertise <laughs> 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 we're talking in the normative ranges yeah. kind yes kind of
1: stuff. generalizations um so our favorite favorite um well my favorite tip for When I start out thinking about like, oh, how is my baby interacting with the world and learning and like that toddler age is to engage with my baby like they're a whole like a real person unless like obviously you're still changing their diapers and stuff. So they're babies, but it's (laughs) they're actually babies, (laughs) but respecting them, talking to them like they they get what you're saying because they do. And I think the earlier that you acknowledge that, like, okay, I'm going to put your diaper on, it's they're taking those cues from you and their language is developing through hearing what you're saying.
0: In fact, there's been research done about the amount of words kids hear when they're super young and their language acquisition skills Mm. later. Mm. Um, I mean, just today, my daughter, my second daughter, she's eight, was playing, did you notice, with your youngest, who's 18 18 months. months. Yeah. And he's not saying, I mean, he says like little baby words, yeah. but she was like instructing him. She's like, hey, come over here and lay down to play this little game. Yeah. They're playing this like blanket f- fluffing game. And it was so cute. I mean, you could tell he knew every single word mm-hmm. she was saying. So mm-hmm. I think sometimes we underestimate the amount babies totally. understand, but they understand all of it. So anytime you point to a cup and say, mm-hmm. and they're like, ga-ga. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, here's a cup. I'm going to fill it up with water or whatever. Mm-hmm. As you're saying that, they're learning cup, water. They're learning right. all those things. So when you think of that, it kind of takes a lot of the pressure off you. Yeah. You're yeah. teaching them all the time. If you just speak all day. to them, right? showing them what's in your life, mm-hmm. they say something cute that you don't understand and you just translate it into English. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? After they say it, mm-hmm. they're learning, oh, that's what that is. Mm-hmm. Anyway,
1: it's- I think, yeah, the main takeaway from the baby toddler age for me is letting go of the stress of... Oh, I need to get out the animal book and be like, cow, say cow, cow, you know, like bird, bird. Not, if they love that bur- book, that's fun. But, and more focusing on them learning through that interaction from you, unless the, I don't know, I think we get caught in like the test performance of like, yes, point to your nose, say nose, <laughs> when just the normal talking like they're a normal human teaches them. Tons. Yes, and it's no stress. Yeah, you do anyway. Be,
0: you don't have to be counting their yes. words. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Um, and then one of my other favorite tips with um, babies and toddlers is there are so many. So we're thinking about reading aloud to little kids or reading books with them. I feel like there's so many options. There's so many books, and really, kids. I feel like little at that age latch on to like five. Or ten books.
0: Yes. So over taking that and pressure, over.
1: yeah, mm-hmm. taking that pressure off, and just being like, my kid loves these ten books. I don't need to be going to the library and getting forty-five books unless that makes you happy every single day.
0: It might make me happy
1: <laughs> until you have to return them,
0: <laughs> find yes. them all. That makes me less happy. I like maxed out my thirty-five book limit so often with little kids because yes. it's so fun for me. Well, they think it's but like I a have store. also lost many of them. So yeah, and I had mm. to buy them. But whatever, <laughs> it's worth it. <laughs> but that isn't necessary. It's yeah. just if you like that experience, mm-hmm. great. But mm-hmm. five books can still teach your kids a lot. And also at that age, I have found it helpful to reframe how I'm reading my books to my children. First of all, attention span, just them looking at pages is so good for them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they might get really into pointing at the clouds, which has nothing to do with the story, Mm -hmm. but they're pointing at the clouds and they might be pointing over here and you can say, oh, that's blue. Mm -hmm. That's a cloud. It's white. Mm -hmm. Oh, look at that little bug. That's so cute that Mm -hmm. they're pointing at. Mm -hmm. And so I think when you kind of let go of the linear, like, no, we're turning all these pages. Mm -hmm. We're going to get through the whole book no matter what. Yeah, they don't care. And kind of let it be a, their brain is teaching them what they Mm -hmm. need to learn and I think they enjoy it more. Instead yeah. of you being like, no, we're going to the next page. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you're going to go somewhere and you only have a few more minutes, it's fine. Just end it after yeah. three I don't pages. Know. Yeah. Anyway, so that's exactly. another kind of tip. Sometimes they get into the story. But mm-hmm. at that age, for me, it's much more just where is their brain going? Mm-hmm. And this is also maybe a good time to say when you have a range of children. Because, like, with my youngest daughter, I felt like, you know, it was very, like, these are little kid books. And then we graduated up. But And then I felt bad for my younger kids. Because I was reading more advanced books, Mm -hmm. even though they're picture books, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe more of a more
1: dialogue. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And at
0: first I was like, oh, but we're not reading a letter book like Mm -hmm. I was with my first, you know, we learned a lot of just letters Mm -hmm. and colors, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. But what I found, guys, and again, this just kind of takes the pressure off of you, that both are great Mm -hmm. because my younger kids get this. They do get exposed to things that are above their level a little sooner. They still pick up on colors and letters all Mm -hmm. the time because we're still pointing them out. But it's like a trade and I haven't found one to be better than the other. Yeah, I I agree. Went into it thinking that my younger ones were like, oh man, I'm not spending so much time on my letter books. Like it's the reading itself. It's the learning to love the books that's helped them. And in other ways, even like memorizing them, my younger ones, we do memorization and I actually think it's helped them because they have had to like memorize more advanced things when mm-hmm. they're younger so mm-hmm. you can just cut yourself some slack there as well yeah it's okay if you have a range of ages there's a trade-off of kind of being pushed to the older books mm-hmm. and a benefit of being the first where you really get to focus in on mm-hmm. books that are just for that age so anyway yep kind of I totally agree less to I had that about. same thought
1: my baby's not getting like the baby books and then yeah you realize it's okay so, moving into that um, pre-K age, which, when we say pre-K, so, you know, three to, till they go to kindergarten, um, it's probably my favorite age when it comes to learning, because they are so curious, and they, really, anything that happens every single day, they just, it can be a learning experience. Mm-hmm. Like, they are just mm-hmm. little sponges. Um and when Cohen was, so my oldest, he's five, was around two, I started thinking about the preschool thing and kind of unsure about it. I personally felt a lot of social pressure um, n- to put him, to have him go to preschool because I thought, I felt like the vibe was that, you know, he's not going to know X, Y, and Z when he goes to kindergarten if he doesn't go to preschool and he's not going to know how to interact with other kids. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, you're just shooting him in the foot or whatever the thing is. <laughs> um, and so I did feel that pressure, and, you know, I researched it quite a bit. And after searching for myself, I decided not to put Cohen in preschool and going forward, I'd, I don't feel any reason to put any of my kids in preschool unless I, unless it was a reprieve for me. Mm-hmm. Or, which is a totally valid reason. Right. Which is a great reason. <laughs> or I was working or something. I, but I, I got past the pressure of the social thing and the him not knowing the right things after researching Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think Terlin can do the same. Yeah, neither of us have sent our kids to preschool. And as I say this, I also think that preschool is great too. Yeah, it's amazing. As I say this, there is, I don't think, a better way. In fact, you can find research that shows like Mm -hmm. both ways. You can find research for preschool. And the one that really put me over the top was I read one that was – because I was worried about – I wasn't worried that my kids wouldn't learn at Mm -hmm. home. But I was worried about the whole social thing. Like, well, what if they go to kindergarten and can't like talk to people? But I actually read one research study, this is years and years ago, when my youngest was like two, because I was like obsessively Mm -hmm. (laughs) deciding things Mm -hmm. way ahead of time. Mm -hmm. I was like interviewing moms about like different schools, because I just want, you know, she was my first, and I was worried that I wasn't doing the right (laughs) thing. Anyway, but it said that um, kids actually learn their social skills from their parents. Mm -hmm. So what you're modeling is the most important. And generally when they're learning social skills from other kids, they're probably not picking up the best ones anyways. So when they actually did like kids getting along with other kids, preschool, those research I read actually said most of them suggested that it actually didn't help at all. Maybe made it a little worse. Mm -hmm. But as I say that you can also find research that shows the preschool is great. So Mm -hmm. sincerely, I don't think one's better. I just looked at it as I have so little time with them. Yeah free mm-hmm. at my house where we're really unstructured mm-hmm. as in we don't have tons of extracurricular activities and we don't have structured school for me i like just kind of relish that it's such a short period in my life mm-hmm. i i really enjoyed yes this them, age is really fun having that home, home for that and um and all all of my older three kids have now gone to kindergarten and they both went into kindergarten like at the top of their academic class which mm-hmm doesn't it's fine if they don't either but like i'm pleased to say that like with pretty unstructured stuff just with reading a lot and exploring the world was plenty yeah (laughs) and i
1: think you will see if you decide so we're going to share our um thoughts on this age based on that that we didn't do any um conventional like preschool or anything and i think you will feel and i did see this when i had friends with kids the same age who did go to preschool And, you know, they would share like, my kid knows X, Y, and Z and is reading and saying this letter and that, whatever. I think you, you might see a little bit of like, if you're not putting a super focus on that at home, which I didn't, I did more of like a, you know, exploration type free, free range, I think is what they call it, but more just like play learning. I did see a little bit of like, oh, they're memorizing all this stuff and every single letter and they're doing letter sounds. But then exactly that, when I saw Cohen go into kindergarten and just bam, like his brain is now ready. In fact, there's studies that show it takes on average the same amount of time for people to learn how to read once your brain is ready to mm. learn how to read.
0: Interesting. So
1: like you start early and your brain, it's just gonna, it's it's just not quite ready to adapt to that learning. And so I saw that with Cohen just just this year like the picking up on stuff really easily
0: i mean you know what i mean it's so cute. so cute our boys are in the same kindergarten class guys and it's it so is, cute seriously they just walk around looking at things
1: <laughs> they'll Sounding like see a sound be
0: like H- <laughs> <laughs> e- <laughs> so LP. oh <laughs> help, help. Like, they're like trying to, like, everywhere they go, they're like obsessively. It's and it, so you cute. can tell their little brains are totally ready and yeah. they're into it and they love their yeah. teacher. Mm-hmm. And they've also, I mean, Cohen had had plenty of exposure to letters before. Right. Yes. They weren't drilling him on yeah. them every day. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, and tons of reading. Yeah. Tons of reading, mm-hmm. which is exposure mm-hmm. to letters. Yeah. And I've also seen what you do in your house. And they're so cute. I mean, he's like been drawing letters for <laughs> years. <laughs> so yes. Yes. It's like really cute little things <laughs> <little laughs> she lets him draw on and stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Another thing we want to point out with this age um, is that reading to your kids, obviously, that one is not debatable. Can you, preschool, take your pick, what well, works for you, what works for your family, honestly, both are great. But reading is pretty much... The verdict is in, and it's been in for centuries. Mm-hmm. Reading is good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yep. Have you ever, yes. There's some pretty funny comedy bits about, you know, if you're ever gonna debate against reading, it's not gonna <laughs> go well for you. But um, so obviously, reading to your kids is super important. You can read to them. You can also listen to audiobooks. One of my favorite tips for the car is, I think I've told you guys in our screen time uh, episodes, which we've had a couple of. You guys know how we feel about screens. I actually, with my youngest, I'm ashamed to admit it, but when she was, like, one, I would totally give her my phone, and she'd, like, watch Sesame Street in Spanish when we'd drive places, which Mm -hmm. now seriously makes me cringe. Like, how did I do that? (laughs) She was one. And I remember it, maybe for, like, a couple months, and it was, like, she'd get in the car, and I'd hand it to her. Mm -hmm. And also, I had this, like, oh, my goodness, she doesn't need this. She's one. I think I probably read some research on, like, how they're not supposed to have, like, anything before Mm -hmm. they're two, and I was, like, oh, my gosh. So... I took it away, and guess what? It was fine. Yeah, she didn't it, care, like, probably. did care Yeah, it, didn't, it wasn't even a big deal. <laughs> and since then, we don't, like, unless we're going on a, we're driving to Mexico and it's 17 hours and we mm-hmm. watch some movies for fun, we do no screens in the car, yeah. ever. Mm-hmm. But we do do audiobooks. And I know you could argue, well, then they're not getting that totally, totally silent time staring at the scenery, which is also great. I'm not saying that's not good. Mm-hmm. But I love listening to audiobooks. Because it's just another way that we're getting engaged into story. And whether your learning style is audio or visual or kinesthetic, which I know there's a lot of discussion out there about, you know, you find out what kind your kid is and you kind of go towards that. But I think in this life, we are exposed to audio learning, even though for a lot of people that's not their main learning style. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's great for us to be exposed to the idea of using our ears to learn. I think it's Mm going to help them later so that's a nice little tip mm-hmm. another tip is specifically for this age and depending on your kids energy level because every kid is totally different all four of my kids look different when I read to them mm-hmm. some yes. sit on my lap for two minutes and then wander around the room mm-hmm. for the rest of the time um, one <laughs> likes to skip around the room uh, when we read before bed this is one of my favorite stories my, uh, my oldest boy he was like three at the time he's five now maybe two or three, we were reading Harry Potter as a family. So we would read it every night and there's this one part and, and I didn't think he was listening at all. Like my girls, I mean, they would just sit like frozen listening to the story. Mm-hmm. Like you could tell they were engaged. So I'm thinking they're benefiting from this. He's probably not because he's just like wandering around mm-hmm. playing in with blocks in the corner or something. Mm-hmm. Well, at one point, Harry Potter's having this dream that he is, and in the dream, he is a snake. Mm-hmm. Nagini. And... Parker looks over at us and he's like wait Harry Potter's a snake <laughs> like he was listening the he whole time it. yeah so I would just say yeah really advice for the sages don't define it in your mind they must look like this mm-hmm. while I read to them mm-hmm. or else they're not getting anything out of it because guess what they're absorbing it yep if they're b- playing with Legos or skipping around the room yep you're just exposing them to the beauty of literature and the thrill of learning. That's mm-hmm. the whole point of it, to make it positive. Yep. If you're making them be like, no, you're going to sit right here. And if you don't, that means you're bad or whatever, mm-hmm. that you're not smart or whatever the mm-hmm. thing is, they are gonna. that's going to hinder them way more later yeah. than just the whole thing is just introducing learning in a really positive way. Yeah. I think for me is my whole goal leading up to that age of five It's just how can I make learning the coolest thing ever? Mm-hmm because it's so awesome there's so many cool things to learn and learning is a lifelong thrill so yep anyway
1: i agree with all that with with reading aloud specifically during this age i think that the my favorite tip is use this time to introduce them to stuff that's a little above their level so I, this is around the time the three, four year old, when I start reading <clears throat> the small, you know, like Charlie and the Choco- Chocolate Factory would have been some favorites. I'm trying to think of stuff off the top of my head, but like the little bit easier, um, smaller, but like chapter books, like long running. It's taking us a long time to read. But like they could Babe, read on Yeah. Win, yeah. Win Winn- Dixie because of Win Dixie, all of these type, types of books and they get every single thing in the story but you wouldn't think initially to go to that book because it's way above their level yes. so start introducing stuff a little bit above their lov- level um, and find if you're like what do, where do I even start I love Read Aloud Revival's book list she has tons of amazing res- recommendations based on age and we'll link it um, and then exactly what Terrilyn was saying when I go to Read Aloud to my three boys who are five three and eighteen months it is Pretty much chaos. My only thing I do say is you can't be making noise. Yes. Because I'm not going to read over you. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. It's not a fight for loudness. yeah. Mm -hmm. But like Legos, you can get out some coloring or maybe they're hanging upside down on the couch. But I think kids gravitate towards stories. I don't think Mm you have to do much convincing once you start in on it.
0: And I think modeling there, like, I, like, I feel... This is how I feel when I sit down with a book. I feel like I'm about to sit down to, like, when you're really hungry and you're sitting down to a really yummy meal, that Mm -hmm. kind of, like, ooh, yes. So excited. That's Mm -hmm. how I feel when I sit down with a book. Mm -hmm. So for me, I think as you model that and be, like, we are sitting... We have our favorite spot that we sit. Mm -hmm. We have our little blankets. Mm -hmm. We get our pile of books. And, like, if they can... I like to kind of, like, I even tell them that, like, we're sitting down for our little feast. Mm -hmm. Another tip about having your kids introduce to things that are above their level that I have loved. I call it, we do our teaspoon of sugar, which now that I'm saying that I'm like idolizing, I mean, <laughs> idealizing sugar. <but> anyway, <laughs> a spoonful of sugar. That's what I call it. And, you know, got a little Mary Poppins in there, but we do a little classic poetry. Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't have to be. I mean, we do like Rumi, William Blake, and I just read a little bit. Mm-hmm. And as I do it, I tell them it's like when we eat dark chocolate, So when you eat dark chocolate in my house, you take a minute. I like to do this with any food. You take a minute. You sniff it. Mm -hmm. You break it in your ear so you can, like, hear the crack. You put it in your mouth. You feel it with your fingers. So you're, like, kind of all senses. Mm -hmm. So when we read poetry, I tell them that. This is like eating dark chocolate. We always – we read it twice, and all I ask them to do is listen for the tone. Our girls are actually watching us (laughs) right now. And uh, my one – my oldest, we've been really working on tone – All I want them to do is at the end, tell me the feeling that they have. Mm -hmm. What, what does this Mm -hmm. give them? Mm -hmm. And the thing about poetry is it really stretches your mind. It's not, I mean, I read a poem. The first Mm -hmm. time I read it through, I'm like, I have no idea what I was talking about, but I sometimes have a feeling. Mm -hmm. And then I read it again and I'm like, okay, I'm kind of getting it now Mm -hmm. because poetry is made to read twice. So I say those kinds of things to my children over and over and over. Mm -hmm. This is like a really yummy chocolate Mm -hmm. and we're just going to savor it and we might not understand it, but we're going to read it. And another tip along those same lines, things above their head, is the concept of memorization. I know is outdated in so many ways, but I feel way strongly about, I started when my oldest was three. It's part of our essentials list, which we've talked about. You can go back to our essentials episode. But we go through, we have a memorizing scripture that we do, and then we have a piece of something else we're memorizing as part of our essentials. And we say it every single day. It literally takes two minutes. But they have memorized so many cool things. And the reason why I like that kind of memorizing, it's not the kind where I'm having them regurgitate it for a test. It's the kind where I'm having them memorize words that are either powerful or beautiful. And then it's something that they own on the inside of them. Mm-hmm. And it's so cute. It actually comes out times. Like like my uh, my eight-year-old. We were at a family event, and somebody hit someone else. A cousin hit somebody. This is the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> and my brother-in-law was like, to the little kid, was like, hit him back. If he hit you, you should hit him. And my daughter comes over, and she's like, well, she was just there. And she's like, well, Mahatma Gandhi said <laughs> that an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. And my brother-in-law, Jonas looks at her, and he's like, What? <laughs> <laughs> like, you're quoting Gandhi on me. But she can see in that moment that, wait, hold on, the revenge. of it. Revenge might not be the best plan mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. And I do have to say, with small children, it usually doesn't go well. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like, owning yeah, so something funny. beautiful like that, mm-hmm. I think there's, I don't know. Like, I find those words, they're like old friends. And I want my kids to have those. And it takes mm-hmm. guys. It's literally, like, almost zero effort besides choosing the thing and then saying it over and over. Mm-hmm. But, I mean... My three-year-old can say it's cute to hear him say it because he doesn't say all the words right, but he can say the scriptures and mm-hmm. these poems. And his, you know, his older sisters can actually enunciate them now, which mm-hmm. is really fun. But little little tiny kids can get them. Yeah. So anyway, that's it's another so way cute. to mm-hmm. expose your children to things that are above what they would normally be exposed to, and just have them. What I found, my dad had me memorize a few things when I was a little girl and like John three sixteen mm-hmm. was my first scripture I ever mm-hmm. memorized and it is locked into my brain mm-hmm. I memorized oh and I, he had me memorize some poems that my great grandpa wrote I can still I still have those poems in my mind mm-hmm. I think the things we memorize as little tiny kids Stick. stay with us in a way mm-hmm. that doesn't it's not quite the same as when we memorize when we're older although yeah. I still totally believe in it anyway so that's just another tip mm-hmm. to help expose your kids to things. I get them. Well, maybe I'm just getting myself excited as I'm talking about it.
1: (laughs) Terrell's geeking. (laughs) Yeah. I think so to wrap up the, the pre-K age, if you are deciding and if you do decide, I think I'd like to have them home instead of go to preschool. I think let go of the thought that the more we direct, the more you direct your kids, the more they're going to learn, the smarter they'll be. I think let go of that pressure because they are going to go out and discover and learn. They're going to go in the backyard and test the weight of one thing on the piece of wood and see if you can lift up the other side. And they're going to learn so much without any direction. Yeah. And trust, um, trust that trust process. It. Yeah, totally. And then I like to, so if that's your base, then we liked really reading aloud, um, being outside in nature, which we talked about last episode, learning through play. So those You know, you get together with friends, and they're having that emotional and sharing and all of that. Um, And, oh, that's all of them. And reading aloud. I think reading aloud is huge because every single story you read is learning about different stuff. If you're feeling like, ooh, I want to teach my kid a little bit about history, find a good Mm -hmm. little kid history
0: book list. Yes. Oh, and there's some great ones. (laughs) Historical fiction. I could geek out forever on those. But we have the best conversations with Mm -hmm. my small children about kind of heavy subjects, but they approach it in a really appropriate way. Mm -hmm. And wow, so good. Something that Felicia said there, I think as we wrap up this younger age is my mom always says to trust that your kid is developing something. So maybe, and they all have their own timeline. So maybe one of your children isn't loving books as much as your other Mm -hmm. one did, but they're also climbing trees really well. Mm -hmm. Like we or, or maybe they're not saying the words, as many words as your other child did at that age or other kids around them. Mm-hmm. But that they are developing something. So to kind of trust yep. that process. Totally. And if you ever have a question about a learning disability, there's so many ways to get test. help and test mm-hmm. them. So if you ever have a question, you can just test it. But otherwise, within that kind of normal range, I think that sometimes if we can just let go and trust that they're working mm-hmm. on something inside of them and it's just not what I can see right now. Mm-hmm. And I think this age is this sweet sweet
1: time of like they don't have to do anything yeah and just appreciate that because it will pass (laughs) pass and that's that okay so we're gonna take a break and come back and talk about um older age school age kids and our thoughts on homeschooling unschooling all the schoolings we'll be back
0: Alright, so now we get to dive into actual school-age children. So just to give you a little background so you know my own personal bias really, because we all come at all these things with biases and it's important to acknowledge them. Uh, My experience with schooling, I have experienced both public school, a charter school, and homeschooling with my kids. So my oldest has gone to a couple years of a public school, which I loved, and then we went to a Spanish immersion charter school because my husband tries to speak to them a lot in Spanish, and we thought that would be a cool opportunity, and the way, anyway, for a lot of reasons, it was just an opportunity that kind of came up for us, and then when we moved, I uh, have always, I've been interested, interested in homeschooling, but frankly, I didn't really have the courage is probably the best word to say it. I just thought, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if it's worth it. Cause I, I had a really positive experience. Me and my daughter had a really positive experience with her schooling. I mean, she had excellent teachers and I loved volunteering in her classroom sometime. Anyway, I really enjoyed it, but, but I had a neighbor move into my neighborhood who homeschooled and she had me come and see her classroom. And she had me read a book called, um, the Well-Trained Mind, Classical Education, A Guide to Classical Education at Home by Susan Bauer, And it was the first full book I'd ever read about homeschooling. And as I was reading it, I was like, oh my goodness, I was made for this. Like, mm-hmm. this is speaking to my soul. And then I wrote a book. I, I wrote. Then I just wrote a book about it. Book. I read a book called Teaching from Rest, A Homeschooler's Guide to Unshakable Peace by Sarah McKenzie. That one is great. Yeah, it's really nice. And then I read honestly, probably a dozen other books about homeschooling, unschooling, passion driven schooling, whatever, all the kinds of schooling. And I was like, you know, what? I want to, I want to try homeschooling just to see what it's like. And I did it for two years with my oldest. And then she decided I, and then she decided I was trying to think, you know, I'll do it for a year or two, see what it's like. But if she's going to go to junior high, I did want her to go to at least one year of elementary before. Um, so I just gave her the choice between fifth and sixth grade. It was a discussion, really. We just talked about it. And so she's back now in fifth grade. And I sent my son to kindergarten, mainly because I had both my daughters had gone to kindergarten. And I wanted to see, both of them had, like, proved to me that they were good students and were academically where they, like, according to our state, you Mm -hmm. know, where they should be and stuff. And I kind of just wanted to know that with my son. Mm -hmm. And so, again, he's thriving in kindergarten. I mean, I'm like loving, loving his teacher and I am homeschooling my third grader right now. So, and homeschooling one kid. Wow. That's a treat. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's joyous. Mm -hmm. So these are just some pros and cons. I just want to throw out there of honestly, I can't say which kind of schooling I like better. It's kind of like the epidural versus no epidural that we talked about during birth. It's so hard. There's so many good things about both ways. My approach to homeschool is not the unschooling approach, Although I know some people have success with that idea of kind of you just like let let learning just happen. Mine is a little more structured. Although the thing I love about homeschool, so my favorite curriculum that I'm just going to throw it out there in case you guys, we have a lot of questions about homeschooling. Uh, I use several different curriculums, but one of my favorites that I use for language arts is uh, The Good and the Beautiful. And I'll actually maybe in our show notes, I'll I'll show you with you like my favorite math, language, arts, and history curriculum. And,
1: and if science. you are feeling like um, when you're doing that, you know, if you ha- decide to keep your preschooler, not do preschool, I love the good and the beautifuls. Preschool, they have just a little workbook is a loose term, but kind of with fun activities yes. and stuff. Like if you're feeling, like, I want yeah. a little structure.
0: Yes, I like their, also their science, and I really love their handwriting because they actually have them do like poet. They're, they're not just sp- like copying the cat fell off the Mm -hmm. table Mm -hmm. they're actually their handwriting practice is classical poetry Mm -hmm. and verses from the bible which is really cool Mm -hmm. so I really love that but the benefit for me of homeschooling the things that I loved about it is the freedom wow I love the freedom it's so so awesome Mm -hmm. I love the connection that we get like I feel like as siblings my kids are better friends like really connected (laughs) and uh, I love that. I also love that every single day my kids get the full afternoon because we can do all the schooling that they can do at school. I
1: want to know a freaky thing I heard? That everything you learn in school, your amount of learning in a, the day of school is one hour. Oh, my. Of one-on-one.
0: And the rest is filler. Yeah. So well, there you go. I believe That's
1: how I felt watching Terrell homeschool. Like you can teach a concentrated amount a shorter amount of time. Yes.
0: I mean, because the teacher to student ratio is really great. And so, and I also love that my kids could go at their own speed. Like, you know, like one of them could like really whiz ahead in math or reading and they could because Mm -hmm. we didn't have to cater to everybody else around Mm -hmm. us, which is really nice. I also love, love, loved because, because I could get in a good quality amount of teaching in less hours than the whole school day. Every single day, my kids got total free time in the afternoons, which was so good for them because I feel like then when it came time after school to do these wonderful extracurricular activities that we have in our lives, there was already had been plenty of peace. So they were like ready to go. Mm-hmm. I really loved that. This year has been, it's kind of been a harder balance for us to kind of figure out, wait, how do we balance the coming home from school
1: going right and into going something. into things? Mm-hmm. Like
0: what do we need to, we've had to be a lot more deliberate about our balance there. Those are things that I loved, love, love, loved about homeschooling. Uh, the, The downside for me with homeschooling is that sometimes I felt like, and this could have just been, you know, a problem on my part, but I felt like I was like the engine. I feel like I'm like an engine on a train. Like if I stop, everything stops Mm -hmm. and it's Mm -hmm. really important. It's a lot of pressure But it doesn't stop, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So sometimes that can be a little overwhelming. And uh, I've also really enjoyed this year having when they go to school, they have I mean, these excellent teachers who have devoted their lives to teaching. Mm -hmm. I mean, they go to so much effort. Like, I have really been blown away by my kids' teachers. So that's something I love about them going to schools. They get that experience with these really amazing people who aren't me. Mm -hmm. And it is a little... Um, easier for me like I don't There isn't quite as much pressure on me right. so that's the down so it's an up and down I don't think either way it's a perfect system mm-hmm. they both offer so much good and I've really enjoyed my kids in both but those are some pros and cons if yeah. you're thinking about it
1: yeah and I think either whatever you decide I think <clears throat> if just being super aware of your child even if you do decide to put them in conventional schooling to still be aware of their learning style see them maybe Like with Cohen, I feel like I was hyper aware of, okay, is he going to have trouble, you know, sitting still for a long time? This is something you hear about having all boys. It's on my mind a lot. Um, Their ability to sit and learn in a classroom setting because it's really usually classically not geared towards that learning style that generally a lot of boys have. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you are seeing things like that. I think being staying their advocate and um, looking at you know do I need to say no to the testing or no to the homework or whatever it is just being aware of their education process even if you aren't educating them at home Mm -hmm. if you're not doing all the educating because obviously you're going to be doing a lot but um, and then another thing once I've seen with Cohen just being in kindergarten and that's only what three hours. Like Mm -hmm. it's not even full blown Mm -hmm. school day. I see his, I feel like they're, they go in and their minds are working so hard and they're so, their minds are all wound up and tight and I can see him, he needs to come home and play and be outside and have that downtime that his mind can just wander and, you know, take all that stuff that he learned and process it and internalize it. So letting them have a little more downtime.
0: Yes. Decompression time, I like yes. to call it. <laughs> yes, decompression. With my oldest, when she'd come home from kindergarten, I literally, guys, it was like, come home, meltdown mm-hmm. every single day. Mm-hmm. And her teacher said she was like superstar at school. She's like, oh, my goodness, mm-hmm. she's awesome. Mm-hmm. So it's clearly she was trying to behave so well. She'd come mm-hmm. home and she felt safe, which yeah. this is a compliment to you as parents if you have this right. experience. It means she felt safe. She came home and she just let her emotions go. Mm-hmm. So this is just a little tip to throw out. If you're experiencing that with your child, they come home when they're just cranky pants. I literally she would walk in the door and I would celery was like her favorite thing. Oh. I'd give her cuz I didn't want to I didn't want to start soothing her with like here's a treat. Mm-hmm. So she'd come in, she'd she'd be kind of grumpy. I'd literally just walk her into our little library, sit down, give her a little blanket and a little icing of water, sometimes celery if she was, you know, it's like a special treat. Mm-hmm. And I'd have spa music on and I'd just say mm-hmm. you just stay in here as long as you want, just relax. <laughs> yeah. So every day she had a cold glass of water. Mm-hmm relaxing on with this these windows and she could just relax until Mm -hmm. it was time for her to come out and she'd come out and she had decompressed Mm -hmm. and if she needed to express some emotion that was fine too but i that's just if you if you're having that some decompression and you make it like a treat Mm -hmm. like this is pretty cool Mm -hmm. you've been really you've been working really hard at school and Mm -hmm. sometimes you just need a little bit of time to kind of fill that yeah Feel, good, feel yeah. that freedom. I don't know however you yep. want to say it, but it, that was very helpful for us. And yep. I've, I've done that a little bit with all my kids through different stages. Mm-hmm. But for her, it was for a full year that we did it. So. I love that. I need to do that with
1: Cohen. He gets a little... I'm aware of that it's because of school. But, yeah, it's definitely... You can tell they are working hard. And if we can be aware of it and, like, honor it, that is hard for them Yeah, to go to school.
0: It's kind of hard for our kids because we drive them to... And from school together. So they always want to be together, which makes downtime we have to be really deliberate yeah. about. Yep. We usually do see them for a little while after and then mm-hmm. I have to say, okay, now we're having quiet time like mm-hmm. we got to have some decompression mm-hmm.
1: time. Yeah, and when it comes to those ex- those extracurriculars, if you're my feeling with this, you know, starting out the school age with extracurriculars is let them lead. So for me, if I mention something or we see something or if Cohen's not chomping at the bit, like, yeah, I wanna do that and like really excited, I'm not gonna do it yeah. and I'm not gonna sign him up because I think it's a lot, there's a lot and they have their whole lives to be doing all this kind of stuff.
0: <laughs> yep, I totally agree. So I asked my daughters some for some tips that I'm like, what are things that I that you liked that I did and or things you didn't like, but what are some tips that you would give to our listeners and my 10 year old's tips were she really likes when I make learning time a one-on-one experience like it's a it's a really positive thing so when she comes home with homework where we actually (laughs) her example was instead of just telling me how to do it you (laughs) help us you make it so we feel like we're learning it together she like gave us some math examples you know mm-hmm. and it's kind of like a treat like this is like a bonding time mm-hmm. so instead of like this like oh man this is so ter- terrible being mm-hmm. like oh this is really cool we get to learn this together mm-hmm. this is so exciting I actually think decimals are way exciting is that weird or what but like mm-hmm. I think it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> but I think they're cool you know they're so I don't know anyway so she liked that kind of turn it into we get to learn this together which is really cool mm-hmm. my eight-year-old's tips tip was readathons you can do readathons whether your kids are going to school somewhere else or doing school at your house Uh, we do readathons in the summer i let them build a place for them to be with blankets and pillows usually as some kind of fort and then we just hunker down and just read for hours and hours and hours and it's again you're setting up that connection in their mind with reading is a treat Mm -hmm. this learning is a super treat And another uh, tip I have about this age of kids that has been successful for us is I know that uh, a lot of people see standardized tests. There's a lot of conflict around the idea of standardized tests. For me, I look at it as if my kids are going to school, that's going to be part of their experience, whether you like it or not. So I, when my kids are first, I mean, in kindergarten, regardless of how they do on tests, I tell them I love tests. Mm -hmm. Tests are so awesome because it's a way that you are just trying to show what's inside of your brain you're just taking what's on the inside of your brain and you're bringing it to the outside right Mm -hmm. the stuff you know and it's not about like result oriented Mm -hmm. like i do not focus on results at all but just the process of that feeling of trying to take what's inside your brain and bring Mm -hmm. it out is fun Mm -hmm. so cool and Honestly, because, I mean, even in kindergarten, they'll say, like, this is testing week, Mm -hmm. and I want my kids from the very beginning. If that's going to be part of their lives, let's take out the result pressure and just try to make the experience positive. And I think Mm -hmm. that will serve them much better Mm -hmm. in the long run. So that's one tip. I love it now because now, yeah, my 10-year-old who's in fifth grade, she's like, guess what? We have a test tomorrow. It's going to be awesome. You know -hmm. what I mean? And I think that's a positive way to look at tests, again, regardless of what your results are or or how testing is for you in your brain. And then my last tip is specifically, I think learning is an excellent schooling of any kind, is an excellent conduit for teaching your kids how to approach hard things. So I love, so I'm just going to use math as an example, or uh, grammar. So I can totally geek out about grammar, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like I'm an English professor, so it's like my thing, right? I love it. I can tell... I'll tell one of my kids, okay, so I'm going to tell you this concept and it's going to be really, everybody else probably won't be learning this for a whole nother year, Mm -hmm. but I want to tell you about it now. It's not going to make sense, but I want you to feel what that feeling feels like in your brain because it's cool Mm -hmm. to like have that feeling where you're grasping. I think we all, oh, I like crave that feeling. Where it's like a feeling, it's like almost like you're like feelers in your brain are like trying to grab it. And you can't quite grab it because you're like, Mm -hmm. I don't really get it. But Mm -hmm. it's like you just get a brush with it. And it's just kind of like brushing like, you know, I'm just going to tell you about this thing about fractions. Mm -hmm. And then it's great because then when you come back to what you're learning now, it's also feels way easier. It's like lifting heavy weights and going back to lighter weights. Mm -hmm. And then when they get to that difficult thing in fractions later, they've already been introduced to it once. So their brain's already starting to be able to wrap around it Mm -hmm. same thing with grammar like i'll say this thing we're going to be learning about it later but we're really going to go into it super deep right now though we're just going back to classic subject and verb Mm -hmm. which feels way easier Mm -hmm. but again but the way i try to frame it to my kids is but feel that feeling just for a second feel that feeling you don't get it Mm -hmm. instead of shying away from that feeling like i don't get it i'm gonna give up it's that is an awesome feeling. It just means that your brain is working towards something. So that's my, if my goal while they're little is just to love the process of learning, my goal is they get older. I want them to love the feeling of this is hard for my brain and yeah. I love it mm-hmm. and I don't get it and it doesn't matter that I don't get it mm-hmm. yet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Adding that yet to yeah. it, I think is so awesome because then as you get into adulthood my goal would be as you get into adulthood that you're not shied away from things just because they're out of your comfort yeah. zone or because you don't know how to do it already because yeah. you know it's okay I it's don't to have to grow. know how to do it's it mindset. yet You know. Mm-hmm. so anyway that's another tip is anytime you see that look on their face of like I can tell you're not getting this mm-hmm. feel that mm-hmm. like feel lean into that feeling mm-hmm. you don't get it mm-hmm. that means your brain's stretching this yeah. is awesome it's like when you're lifting weights and you like can't push yourself up Instead of being like, "Oh, I hate this," be like, "Wow, I'm really getting stronger. Mm-hmm. This is good for me." Yeah, yeah, anyway. yep. totally.
1: I love that, and it's all about taking the the ego and the expectation of where I, our kids should be, and focusing on the experience of learning. It's like mm-hmm. taking out like the, "Oh my gosh, like why can't you count through the teens yet?" It's like driving me crazy.
0: <laughs> why do you say thirteen as fourteen? Yeah, every time. Every time,
1: like I'm <laughs> bugged. Everyone else can count to twenty. <laughs> what's happening
0: we're 30s and 40s I oh. love it when they say 30 and 40 sounds the exact same yeah. so my son always says that I'm 44 <laughs> I'm really 34 you're like
1: uh you need to take that
0: but back. it's really cute
1: Cohen always goes mom I just counted to 50 10 I'm like so 60 <laughs> but I don't say that cause I'm like great 50 10 I love that <laughs> it's
0: so cute it's so it. cute yeah,
1: yeah but if you everyone's going to be able to count to 100 one day. Like, just let it go. Yes. We got this. (laughs) This is
0: all coming back. Guys, this is so cool because this is just returning back to all of our important things. Being present, seeing people for where they are, Mm -hmm. not where they should be in your Mm -hmm. mind, and simply enjoying the process of
1: all Mm -hmm. of it. Yep. And reading.
0: And reading. Yep. (laughs) All the reading.
1: All right, guys. Thanks for joining us. I hope that was a little bit helpful sharing our experiences with schooling. All right, let's find the magic.
0: Me, <laughs> me, <laughs> Brown cows. <laughs>